2020 got off to a disastrous start with bushfires, which were horrendous. I think we all thought that was as bad as things could get. And then along came coronavirus to prove us all wrong. Mind you, those who went through the bushfires might disagree with me on that. Regardless of your opinion, I think it's fair to say we've had a shocking start to the year. The good news about this is there is every likelihood that you can write your own ending for 2020 that is better than it started. You have the ability to do something you never thought you could have by simply taking control of your finances. As we've been released from the coronavirus lockdown and freedom is in our sight, we thought it would be a great idea to have a chat with someone who has been on a journey from constant worry and stress over money to a place of newfound financial freedom. Hi, I'm David Wright, host of the podcast series Succeed With Money and founder of the Spending Planners Institute. I'm here with my co-host and spending planner, Carolyn Mose, known as the Money Lady. The Institute is the leading authority in providing education and assistance in helping people to remove their money stress, solve their everyday money problems, and get back in control of their lives. You know, nobody fails with money on purpose, so every week in this podcast, we're exploring the causes of money stress and the solutions so our listeners can succeed with money. Today, Carolyn has invited one of her clients to join us, and I'm going to let Carolyn introduce her. What we really want to get across to you today is that you can have a better future no matter where you are right now. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, David. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm really looking forward to this interview. Can you introduce our guest, please? I absolutely can. So our guest today is the lovely Belinda. Now, I met Belinda 18 months ago, and um, I remember our first meeting, but I'm going to actually ask Belinda to share um, not only her journey with me, but her journey before me and also what her life actually looks like now. So welcome, Belinda, and thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, David. It's great to be here. So, Belinda, let me, let's just go back pre-18 months ago when we started working together and um, tell me a little bit about what your life was actually like. Wow, okay, that was a long time ago. Feels like forever, thank God. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had a pretty good job. I was earning good money. I was spending more than what I was earning. Uh, sound familiar so far, I'm sure. I had had a really poor education with regard to money and what money was able to do for me. And I was I was sick to death of not having money in the bank to go on a holiday, to do the things that I wanted to do. It was, how can I say it? I don't know whether it was causing me a great deal of anxiety on a regular basis, but when it came crunch time and I wanted to actually go do something and I couldn't do it because I didn't have the money, I got really nicked off. That's the politest way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know, Belinda, you're, you're a little bit scathing about the um, education system. I just a little bit, yeah. Um, look, I, I, I think that, and this is my personal opinion, but I just believe that we're taught extremely poor money management skills right from primary school. Right, can I butt in there and say no money skills? Not poor, but just none. <laughs> well, y yes, true. Uh, you know, you get the odd math problem that says if you go to the shop with $2 and you buy an apple and an orange and it costs you $1.93, how much change do you get? The answer these days is nothing. 
kids <laughs> because I don't have one or two things anymore. But then there was, the, there's also the, the good old, uh, when I went to school, here we go, I'm showing my age now, the Commonwealth Bank here in Australia used to have passbooks and you could put, you know, money in your bank and blah, de, blah, de, blah, blah. It didn't really teach you anything other than if you make a deposit, you make a deposit. It didn't teach you what you could do with that money later on. And what I believe in more recent years is that it taught you how to get a good credit rating. And realistically, you know, you're talking to kids about credit and they don't even understand savings. So how the hell can they understand credit? I have a huge problem with that. I believe that the institutions, as they like to be called or as I I like to call them, I think they (laughs) keep us deliberately dumb about money so that we get into financial difficulty. They offer us a credit card and then we overspend on that one so they offer us more money on that same card or you go and open an account, a credit account at another bank and swap it over with 0% interest for the first six months but they don't tell you that if you keep spending on that then, you know, it's still massive and you don't get rid of your old credit card so then you end up with two lots of credit card debt and, yeah, anyway, so... I'll leave that bit right there because I can see that (laughs) so many people get into trouble with that. I did for a very short period of time. Fortunately, one of the smartest things I think I ever did, and this is probably by default, more by, you know, good luck than good management, was that I never wanted to have a big credit card debt because I have met people who have had 50,000, 70,000, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in credit card debt and mortgages and this and that and I'm going how the friggin' hell do you pay that sorry I swore but not quite but anyway you know what I mean though it's just really freaky how much trouble people can get into because they don't know how to handle money yep and I know Belinda I remember you saying to me um that you always felt that you sucked with money oh absolutely I had uh I had a dad that ran his own business quite successfully I believe until he went bankrupt, but that's another story. <laughs> and uh, a, a, and a mum who, uh, bless her cotton socks, would take her pay packet home to her mother when she got paid each week and uh, my grandmother would dole her out some money as she needed to buy things and would bank the rest of it. So not actually educating mum what to do with it but just knowing that she had to put some away and only spend less than what she earned. So my... So she she was helping not to educate her by, by wanting to protect by her. By doing it yeah. for her. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I had really conflicting... Uh, Dad was, would spend money like it, there was no tomorrow, hence the bankruptcy quite possibly, and mum would screw it away. You know, it, it was back in the days when she was a full-time house mum he would give her housekeeping money and, you know, once she'd spent that, that was it. But she would, you know, put $2 a week away and then when she had some money she'd go and buy a pretty blouse or something like that. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was that was my education around money. It was just there was no and I, I remember school was no better. <laughs> there was nothing at school. You know, they don't teach you, you know, how, how much does it cost you to run a house? I had absolutely no clue. Nobody knows until they leave home and rent a place and then they go, geez, the electricity bill's there. Holy smoke, there's the phone bill. Holy smoke, there's the gas bill, you know, and and they just keep on coming in and 
well, my pay baptism of fire, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yep. My pay packet used to go a hell of a lot further than it does now. So, so Linda, so, yeah, go, <laughs> go Carol. <laughs> This three-way conversation, go, it's interesting. So, no, I was just going to say, so, Belinda, what then led you to seek help? Oh, that's an easy question. How bad did it get? Where were you at? I, I, oh, I okay. Get a, how bad yeah. did it get? Okay, well, I had a uh, a loan on a car for which I was paying over $600 a month. I had credit card debt, fortunately not huge, but I think it was between five dollars and $10,000 in credit card debt. I was renting a place. And I wasn't working full time either. That was my other biggest problem at that stage was I was actually trying to start up my own business. And you can't do that if you've got no backup. And, and the knot in your stomach from the money stress is kind of debilitating on its own without all of that thrown into the mix. Absolutely. And then that's when you, you, your feelings of um, self-worth hit the, hit the dirt. You don't know where you belong in the world. You, you're not feeling the love from absolutely anybody at all. And <laughs> once you, you know, once you hit that trifecta of the the three great fears, then you know life turns to shit in the bucket really, really quickly, really quickly mm-hmm. in more ways than one: emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Your your whole world takes a bit of a nosedive. So you weren't in a good place then. No, <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. I was in a really actually. I think Carolyn can attest to this. I was not a happy camper at all. Yeah, and I do remember actually that first meeting and um, you actually sitting there in tears. I guess my question at this point, though, Belinda, is what stopped you from getting help? You know, because I know it took you a long time before you actually reached out for help. So what was stopping you? Well, apart from not knowing where to go, where I could find somebody who I felt I could trust, There's a whole built-in range of emotions around money mismanagement. First of all, there's an expectation or societal expectation that you should know what to do. You earn it. You should know what to do with it. There's shame. There's uh, lack of trust. There's people looking down their nose at you as if to say, you really, you can't manage money. What's wrong with you? Uh, so there's a whole pile of really negative, solid negative emotions attached to the shame, I guess, is the biggest one around not knowing what to do or how to manage money appropriately. And I, I still go back to my original statement, which is I believe we are kept deliberately dumb. Mm. And then you meet somebody like you and no wonder it's an emotional experience meeting someone like you. You're so trustworthy. And you you talk about it as if everybody goes down that same path, and I'm sure that we do. But people are afraid to talk about it because they're afraid of the judgment that's going to be slung at them about that. It's a real conundrum, isn't it? Because nobody's coming out of the closet, so to speak, and saying, you know what, money's hard and I'm suffering from money because we all put on this brave face that says, I'm doing okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, and, and nobody is okay. Yeah. And we're all pretending we're okay and it's not helping at all because if we all went, you know what, this is hard, we probably need some help and everybody could get out of the the gutter. (laughs) Oh, look, it's a great pretending game. I don't even think it matters what demographic you come from. I think that some people have been absolutely blessed with parents who know how to run a business, know how to manage money and have taught their kids from day dot what it's like to put 
you know, there, there's your $20 pocket money. I'm going to take $5 out for tax and put that in the family money bin. I'm going to take, you know, what, you know, however they manage that, great. And that is teaching kids from an early age what it's like to get money and have it taken away from you for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yep. But, yeah. but then you, you, there's a, a whole pile of people who don't have that. There's a stack of people. I'm just one of gazillions, I'm sure, who have no idea or had, I'm going to say, had no idea when they were growing up about how to manage money and what to do with it because it's just completely debilitating. It's actually debilitating. It's like a disease. Yep. If yep. you haven't got money, if you haven't got money in this society, you can't do anything. You cannot do anything. You cannot go anywhere. You cannot do anything. So you just invent yep. more money. So you, you want to. So you knew you wanted to better, but didn't know how to get better. Correct. That's absolutely spot on. So what happened? How did how did you find Carolyn? I think we met at a networking event, mm. didn't we, yep. Carolyn? Yeah, yeah. Sure we met at a networking yeah, event. It still took quite a while, I think, Belinda, because I had known you for a little while through that networking event. And then um, I think for you, I remember at our first meeting when you said, I finally had to go, you know what, stuff it, I need to get over my... Fear, shame, and embarrassment, and just do this. Yes, um, and I think that was a pretty pivotal moment for you, hey? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, definitely. Um, I had been, you know, I've I've done budgets until the cows come home and failed every single one. I have uh, tried savings plans before and put money in different accounts, and then you run short at the end of the week and go, "Oh, I'll just pull it out of that one and transfer it back into the other account." I've had <laughs> money in the in the drawer and then you go, oh, I really like that pair of shoes. They're really nice. I'll go and get my cash out of the drawer. You know, whatever it is, there's always some way of sabotaging yourself when you're talking about making a money plan or when you have no education around money, it's almost impossible to get it right without help. So you, you, you bit the bullet and you engaged Carolyn and things change. Tell us about that. Well, we had a few conversations to start with because I still wasn't 100% certain that it would be the way to go. So uh, we spoke at length a number of times before I even bit the bullet and said, okay, yes, I'm in, let's do it. I am now part of the spending planners group, as in I use the spending plan. I'm not, you know, I don't sell it or anything, but I, I certainly use it. And it really is about it. You know, you, you have what the bank calls a savings account. Well, that's a big joke because you never save anything out of it. So it really is a spending account, which is the premise, which is how I equated spending planning to my financial situation. I spend money on these particular things consistently. And Carolyn just helped me nut out the bits that were important, the bits that were essential, the bits that were a bit fluffy or the bits that I could do without totally. You know, why are you spending money on that? She would ask me and I'd go, hmm, that's a good question. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Let me let me evaluate <laughs> the necessity of that particular purchase or, or spending each month or whatever and I'll, I'll reassess that. And there were some things that we did away with altogether, but I'm actually not a very expensive person to run. So, you know, I don't I don't get nails done. I don't get, you know stuff like that done and I know it's really that essential stuff yeah. well I know it's really important to a lot of people but it's not necessarily important to me 
one question I'd love to ask you. Yeah. Before you made the decision to engage Carolyn as your spending planner, yep. what did you think she might do? Like, I, I want to get on a, some insight into what you, because there was fear. Yes. And there was fear. fear of, what was the fear about and what did you think that engaging a spending planner was actually going to be like to you and what was it going to do to you? Okay. Like, what was the so fear of? The, the, the fear was of, it, I'd have to say judgment. The fear of judgment, okay, now this is this is probably interesting. The fear of judgment from not necessarily Carolyn but from the other people in the networking group who knew that I was employing or engaging Carolyn, the fear of judgment from them to think, mm. oh, Belinda hasn't got her shit together. Why, why is she here? Why is she doing this <laughs> stuff? Why is she even part of our group? Because she's supposed to know this, that and the other thing. You know, it was fear of judgment from outside that actually yep. was the greatest fear. All right, that's interesting. I had, and yet every one of those people you were afraid of was in exactly the same situation. You could just about be dead sure of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but quite possibly, yes. But I had faith in Carolyn. I, like I said, I had spoken to Carolyn a number of times before I engaged her, and uh, you know, I have never heard a word of judgment or criticism or you know anything other than trust and uh, considered thought from Carolyn. She has been an absolute gem through this entire process. So I'm 100% grateful for that. Cool. So, Belinda, what's your life like now? So we've now been working together for 18 months, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, what does your life look like today? Not only that, how did you actually survive through this coronavirus that we've just had how did you survive financially through that well we're still going through it of course but um the biggest bonus for me was that I came into this thing 100% debt free we had managed to pay a, I know right <laughs> David you were about to go what um Carolyn <laughs> and I worked on this program and and I have no credit card debt not only do I not have a credit card debt I do not have a credit card at all not at all Yay. So that's number one, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and can I just tell our listeners that that was the most exciting moment in your life, the night that we um, that you actually cut up your credit card and I played the Hallelujah Chorus while you did it. <laughs> that's right, we did too. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I think we did it on Zoom, didn't we? We had a Zoom. We did, we did. Oh, hallelujah. Yep. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Um, yeah. And it was, that, I mean, that was just huge. That was, that was uh, extremely cathartic for me, knowing that I never had to go to that place ever again, unless I chose to. Yeah. And of course, why would anybody want to do that? Well, why would you? Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, I remember, I do remember one thing as I was growing up, one of my dad's friends, Barry, said Barry Foy, he was a very clever man, sadly passed these days, but anyway, very clever man. He said to me, Belinda, if you can't afford it, you don't need it. Don't do it. And, you know, I wish I'd spent more time with Barry. But anyway. Well, that raises a really great question because if my credit card says I can have it, does that mean I can afford it? Because that would be what a lot of people would think. Absolutely. If you've got a $20,000 limit on your credit card and you've only spent 5000 hey, baby, guess what? You can afford I can, it, yeah. I can buy those Manalo Blanick shoes, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can I can buy that Louis Vuitton handbag. I can buy whatever. You know, it doesn't even have to be something designer. It can just be the damn groceries. It can be whatever. But you've still got fifteen thousand dollars you can spend before you've hit your limit, right? Yeah. So, but it's not your money. It's not your yeah, money. Exactly. At some point, you have to pay it back with interest. So you end up buying yeah. your groceries for a month when you've done your groceries for a week. Yeah. And I know, um, I know in that in that time when you did pay off your credit card and we got rid of the car loan as well. And I know you also actually had a trip to India, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes. Well, that was that was my reward for uh, for publishing my book which was really fantastic. So I, I, I needed a reward and, and you helped me a lot with that as well, Carolyn, because I knew that that was coming up and I knew that I was a bit tight on finances and so forth. So we actually managed to fit that into your spending plan without you going into debt, didn't we? Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I've, I've come into COVID, to get back to your original question there, I've come into COVID uh, basically debt-free. I got rid of, I paid out and got rid of my credit card. I sold my car. I actually don't own a vehicle these days because I, I'm within walking distance of where I work. Uh, I am still setting up my my personal business, which is a speaking business, which was my side hustle, which is now my primary hustle. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, COVID has allowed for people in my situation to actually come out of this thing a lot stronger than what we were. Uh, mm. My employer uh, applied for the job keeper, and so I'm getting that. So I'm still getting paid to be at home here, but I'm using this time really wisely to get a whole pile of things done for my for my personal business, which is great. Yeah, which is super exciting because I know that your business is your absolute passion, and um, and David and I have often talked about you know spending this time wisely and and looking at you know retraining or looking at your passion or looking at you know what yep. you can do now to make life so much better down the track, you know. Absolutely. The time will yep. pass anyway. This is one of my favourite sayings of all time and I don't know who came up with it but I use it all the time, which is the time will pass. Use yep. it wisely. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. you can yep. sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix for the, for the six weeks or however it is that we're in isolation and you might need to do that for a period of time to get your head in the right space to be able to do what you want to do, but you don't have to do it for the entire time. At some point, you're going to get sick of watching Netflix and then you go, okay, so now what is it that I absolutely loved? What is it that I want to do now for the rest of my life? I've came up with three words that are going to serve me well for the rest of my life, which is write, travel and speak. So if I can do those three things for the rest of my life, I am done. Yep. And that's how Love I'm it. now creating my business around those three those three things: write, travel, and speak. I talk about resilience. I talk about a retail revolution. I talk about how how you become personally responsible for yourself because who you are is who you take to work. And I have programs around all of those things. So I have been diligently working on all of those. And I think at the end of this, I'm going to have some really good plans together good programs awesome. good plans and a great strategy belinda at the start when i when i we began this podcast i yep. said that you know 2020 was a pretty horrendous start oh, with everything that happened absolutely but that people would be able to create their own ending for the year that would be better than the start 
So you, you've obviously come from a place 18 months ago where life sucked, money sucked, um, you're under stress, un underemployed. And in 18 months, with the help of a spending planner and a spending plan mm -hmm. and focusing on your passion, mm -hmm. you've been able to create a whole new beginning of a whole new future for you. A whole new life, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That is awesome. So for somebody listening in and, and sort of sitting there thinking, well, my life sucks or I'm in debt or, you know, I'm, I'm not happy with where I am at or don't see any great future. Yep. What would your advice for them be? First of all, I would have to say it's okay to be embarrassed to be where you are right now. But please, okay. I beg you, don't feel shame about it because if you're anything like me, you have not been taught how to do things differently. You haven't been taught. So now is the time to ask. And my thought process was, you know, I mean, I've looked, like I said, at a gazillion of these budget things and I've failed every budget I've ever made. So <laughs> budgeting clearly doesn't work. And I don't think I'm the only one there. I think, I think that's for a lot of people. Carolyn and I say it just about every day. Mm -hmm. Budgeting sucks. It doesn't work. Well, it's a bit like a diet. You feel like you're being deprived of something if you're on a diet. Where, and, a, and a budget has that same kind of connotation. Whereas if you're looking at a food plan or a healthy food plan or, you know, what foods am I going to have that are going to make me feel fit and healthy and strong? That's the same way to think about money. How do I now need to think about and do things with my money that are going to make me feel financially fit and healthy and strong? And for me, I have become that since working with Carolyn. I am 100% debt-free, absolutely debt-free. I'm going to come out of COVID with a great business plan, with cool branding and with a set of programs that are going to see me into the foreseeable future. They will change, obviously, along the way, but I could not be where I am and I could not have the clarity around where I am without having the financial help that I did and continue to get, I might add, from yeah. Carolyn. This sounds like an advertisement for Carolyn at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I was just going to say that, but look, honestly, um, you know, and we've said it before, David, we have spending planners throughout Australia. We have um, planners in every state of this wonderful country and they are just ready and waiting just bite the bullet, get over the shame, the fear, the embarrassment, whatever it is that's stopping you because there's a whole new life, there's a whole new world out there. Belinda's created it in 18 months. Okay, so, I'm, I'm, can I pull you up there for just on one little thing, Carolyn? You said you've got to get over the shame and yeah. sometimes it's not that simple. It, it's easy okay. It's easy in hindsight to say get over the shame and just ask for help. Yeah. But for some people, it's debilitating. It really is debilitating. Most people have locked their financial woes in a cupboard with a giant padlock on the door that says, do not open this damn door because there's Pandora's box in there and it the shit is going to hit the fan when it gets open because, you know, I might have debt that my husband doesn't know about, not that I'm married, but, you know, or, you know, there might be some some realisations that partners haven't spoken to each other about or that might affect kids' education or might affect in-laws or, you know, whatever else. So it's, it's, yep. it's not actually a matter of just getting over it and get on with it. It's a matter of it's, gradually it's trusting yourself enough and brave enough 
to ask the question, who can I trust that will help me get out of this bloody mess that I find myself in financially (laughs) that is going to not judge me and who is going to help me with kid gloves, put on their kid gloves and go, it's okay. Whatever your situation, we've seen it before. I'm sure we'll see it again. We can help you. And in time, you may get over it. But at the moment, let's just open that door a crack and see what's there. Let's see what tumbles out of that door. Because that's where I think people are sitting right now. That's where I was. You know, it's embarrassing. You don't want to have to admit that you've got financial problems. And when you do, it's like, okay, get ready for the judgment and I'm going to get under a truckload of it here somewhere. But it's actually not what I got from Carolyn. Awesome. Belinda, how much do you think that, because the, the shame and embarrassment thing, I actually really got from what you just said then, I really got a really good insight into where people could be stuck. But how much do you think the thought of it wouldn't be possible to fix me plays in that inability to come out of the, the lock cupboard? Like I've tried everything and nothing worked. So how could anybody else solve the problem? Because, you know, it's not possible. Do you think that played a part? Yeah, look, I think it did. Well, not for me because I knew that my financial education was revolting. So right. I knew that somebody had to have more information than me. I just knew that I had to trust that person enough to be able to let them in to that crack in the door. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think we, we not that we focused on this, but anybody listening in who goes, you know what, I, I think I resonate with what Belinda's saying. I've got so much... I'll say stuff in my cupboard that's locked away. Um, I, I'm not doing well. I, I feel like everybody else is doing well around me. I feel like I'd, I'd love to change, but it's too scary. It's, take action and actually do something about it. But I think the message we want to get across is that why wouldn't why would you keep living this life that you're stuck in when you could be having such an amazing life with no money stress. And, and what is it that actually makes us stressed? There's one thing that really makes us feel stressed and a prisoner. Like we've all been in lockdown mm. physically, but we, the lockdown financially comes back to one word that starts with the letter D, debt. Mm. Debt is like so debilitating. And, and now, like you're saying, you've got no debt at all. How does that feel? <laughs> fantastic amazing it's fantastic it's liberating it's uh life affirming it's knowing that i was was going to go into covid and come out the other end not necessarily on top but certainly not behind uh and i it's actually incredibly freeing and for people who have mountains of debt like credit cards mortgages car loans you know add add to that however much you want even if you deal with just one of those aspects that that's got to be a plus I mean and and that's what Carolyn helped me do was that she helped me focus on one thing first and I'm sure it was the credit card Carolyn that we Mm, that we worked on first and then I decided to sell my car I mean I I actually don't need a car to be perfectly honest so I was paying 600 and plus dollars a month for this thing that I, I didn't really need um but just w- focusing on one thing and reducing 
that part of the debt makes it so much easier to live in all those other parts. Yep. And I think so, like when you look at it as a lump sum, it looks freaking huge and it, it, and it is. But the, the be, one of the most important benefits that I got from working with Carolyn or from the spending planners was that I was able to chunk it down into bite-sized bits. You know, how do you eat an elephant? One yeah. bite at a time. One of the things that we say about having a spending plan is that for, for maybe the first time in your life, you actually know the score, you know where you're at, you know where you should be at, and you can see a way clear to the future. Mm. And even though the future is still to come and maybe you still have that debt, it's a really liberating feeling to be able to see that everything's going to be okay. Is yes. that what you experienced? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just okay so let me just reflect on what the work I do each fortnight now with Carolyn on my okay. spending planners site my my plan so we go through that each fortnight now because I still don't trust myself enough to do it on my own <laughs> well and I like working with Carolyn so it's good for both of us we have a bit of a chat at the same time but what I really like is that it can project based on current situation current earnings and current expenditure when I'm going to run out of money or if I'm going to run out of money or if I've got something major that's going to come up in three years time it allows for that like you know like a um, let me give you an example a, a business name registration you pay for three years so in three years time it's going to come up again yep. so that's already planned in yep so in three years time it's going to go oh Belinda by the way you've got to pay for your business name registration again you go oh okay cool so it, it forward plans, it forward projects all of that stuff for you, which is really, really essential because otherwise you just forget. Yep, and that could easily be a holiday as, as a business registration. It could be anything. Absolutely, absolutely, yep. 100%. 100%. Cool. So people really can have a new, different, better life without the stress of debt by just finding a way to get uh, and, and I, it's not an easy thing you've made that okay. really clear to me yeah. so one of the things that you guys keep saying is um and, and and i love you for it and it's great but people when they're starting out can't see it <laughs> you keep talking about when people have no debt when people are free from this and free from that i'm going okay so when i started i didn't think that was possible so i know that you guys can create that but I didn't know that that would be possible in the early days. So perhaps mm -hmm. in um, instead of saying debt-free and whatever else, you could say, you know, in, in control of your money or have a better understanding of what it can do for you or, you know, I, I guess I'm telling you how to suck eggs here a little bit, but being t totally debt-free for somebody that is, you know, not wanting to open that closet door is a scary leap from having yep. a huge pile of stuff dumped on them to having no debt whatsoever so yep. maybe making it a little bit more incremental might be a little bit easier for people to understand you know so don't over promise don't, yeah don't let, make yeah 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 well it's not over promising because i know that you can deliver it but other people don't know that yet so if, mm -hmm. if you open the door, that little crack, and people go, there's so much shit in here. I just, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> and then you guys start working with them and go, 
well, what's causing you the most anxiety? You go, oh, well, pff, it's got to be the credit cards because they're at 20% interest or some outrageous number. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's work on those. So it's, yep. it's, it's taking that little bite-sized chunk that your client or potential client can actually fathom might be possible and dealing with that rather than saying, you've got this mountain of debt, we can get rid of it for you. It's like that's too big a leap. People can't get that straight up. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, Belinda, is that, um, we don't let the whole elephant out of the closet. We just let let his toenail out the damn door. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you paint it pink, whatever you want yeah. with it. Maybe it's a girl elephant. I don't know, but just a toenail <laughs> out the door. Sometimes that's all that's needed for someone yeah. to go. Yeah. Okay, so with the toenail, I'm happy with the toenail. We've worked on the toenail. The toenail's now looking very pretty. So yeah. you know, let's put out a foot, and then and then. There will come a time when trust kicks in and people will go, this is the entire situation. This yeah. is the pool that I'm swimming in right now and it's the yeah. shallow end of the, you know, money pond. Yeah, yeah. So I, I absolutely get 100% that you guys can deliver on every promise that you make. I get that. I've been there and I've done it. But I yeah. didn't know that in the beginning. Okay. Really well, appreciate that. you know what, Belinda, I think you're amazing. I have absolutely loved working with you for the last 18 months and I know that um, and I often say to, you know, most of my clients, we we, we become friends and yeah. good friends along the way and, and that's what we've done as well. So yeah. I just want to thank you so much for sharing um, everything that you've shared with us today. It's been really, really powerful. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you from me too. Thanks, David. Thanks, Carolyn. I appreciate being here. And look, seriously, if anybody is listening to this and they do have themselves in a big pile of trouble, just talk to talk to one of the spending planners because they are trained in getting you out of the pickle that you're in. Just just a little promo. It's findaspendingplanner.com is where people would go to find the spending planner. So there we go. Thank you. I appreciate being here. I hope somebody very valuable. Thank yeah, you so I much. Hope your listeners uh, get something out of it. Thanks so much, Belinda. So, yeah. just in finishing, guys, if if you've got anything that you'd like to add to this topic, or maybe a question that you'd like us to answer for you, um, or if you've got any other topic that you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, here's what you should do. Um, if you're a member of our Facebook group, you can post your comments and questions there. And if you're not a member, you should join our Facebook group. Just search for Succeed With Money podcast within Facebook and request to join the group. Once you're in, you can then post your questions and we'll respond. If you're not on Facebook, you could send us an email at admin at spendingplannersinstitute.com. Succeed With Money is a podcast series by the Spending Planners Institute and David and I look forward to chatting with you next time when we'll be discussing another interesting topic relating to life and to money because nobody fails with money on purpose. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now. Bye for now.